you want to be a radical for Jesus? Well, this is Pastor David, host of Restoring Your Voice, and that's what this show is geared toward. Geared toward everyday Christians to equip you for the good works of Jesus and live out your faith radically. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Restoring, Restoring Your Voice. Alrighty, everybody, welcome to this week's live Bible-based Q&A. That's right. I am back on YouTube. I'm out of the uh, YouTube uh, naughty corner, as I'll put it. So here I am, and here we are. So this is, a, like I said, a YouTube exclusive um, Q&A chat, but real quick, all right, the free e-course, right? You, you heard it, absolutely 100,000% free e-course on biblical mental health starting when? Tomorrow. That's right. That's right. So tomorrow at uh, 4.30 p.m. Central starts this wonderful e-course. So hoping to see all of you there, hoping you will invite all of your friends and family and anybody really. So that's who this is for, everybody and anybody. And uh, this is a topic that has, well, burdened me ever since that Jesus set me free and gave me the ability to live in biblical mental health. Uh, so tomorrow, right, I'm live streaming it. I'll be live streaming it on um, YouTube, Facebook, and my uh, official page. Oh, by the way, real quick reminder, hey, don't forget about the website, all right? So if I get some uh, another strike against me on YouTube because they don't like what I say or Facebook or something like that, I can live stream from my website. So make sure you know about it. All right. It's real easy. You go into the to the website, click at the top, drop down menu, live stream. Boom, right there for you. Yes, you can interact just like you do here on YouTube. Um, so yeah. Uh, so don't forget the website. All right. And if you haven't signed up to receive my newsletter, why not? Because I just emailed out a newsletter with everything I'm doing today, including the details of the e-course that's happening tomorrow, all right? And that e-course, by the way, don't forget, it's the 27th, 28th, and the 29th. So so that's right. So anyway, let's get started with this uh, Q&A session. So any Bible-based question you have, I will do my best to answer it, all right? While I am not the, fo the fount of all knowledge and wisdom, I will do my absolute best and, and in a limited capacity as a human being that's just like you so go ahead and put your questions in the chat that you would like me to bible-based questions only by the way that you would like me to answer and we can get this party rolling um anything at all you have uh, eschatology questions end times uh do you have um any questions on the rapture the millennial reign the millennial kingdom is it is it pre-millennial? Is it post-millennial? Is, is it a-millennial? Uh, maybe you don't know what any of those words mean. Then ask them as well. Um, do you believe we're all born into sin? Or do I believe that? What does the Bible have to say about sin nature and original sin? Um, what does it say about our new nature? Heck, you can even ask anything on what the Bible has to say about our mental health. Is it a mental health or physical health? Is it the same? What's up with that? Anyway. All right, first question coming in, Brandon. Okay, uh, thank you for the question, first and foremost, my friend. It says, how would you respond to Eternal Tunes claims 
that the only reason God doesn't heal when asked is lack of faith. I know it's wrong, but I struggle to find a succinct uh, answer. Uh, well, once good question, very relevant question, one that gets uh, asked uh, often. And I'll put it like this. Um, there are times that Jesus did not heal anybody, right? No, it's not mentioned all the time. Why? Um, one thing, one, one, uh, that pops to mind is at the pool of Salome where Jesus healed one guy out of everybody, one person out of everybody there, right? Jesus never said, for instance, all, all you all, you're not getting healed because you lack faith, right? Um, Plus, people have to really define what does that mean, lack of faith? Like, does it mean I doubt? Because doubt doesn't always necessarily mean lack of faith. Because faith, like, is a lack of faith, in other words, what? Do, do I doubt it's ever going to happen? Or maybe I'm struggling with something? Because there's a big difference there. Um, another one is that, is, is the beggar at the gate beautiful? Uh, where Peter and John healed him, but Jesus did not, right? In other words, Jesus would have walked by this beggar every time he walked into the temple. Yet never once did Jesus stop and say anything to him or did he heal him, right? And by the way, there's no record. People like to say Jesus healed everybody. No, he didn't. But those who came to him, he healed. But it's not a lack of faith unless somebody's going to try and tell me that old Timothy, right. Who was Paul's protege who had a stomach sickness of some kind was told by Paul, Hey, take a little wine for your ailment. Right. Paul never mentioned Timothy's lack of faith. And in fact, Paul throughout his uh, writings in first and second Timothy really just encourages Timothy and instructs him and never once mentions any lack of faith on his part. Um, so I, I don't see anywhere in the Bible that healing doesn't happen always because of a lack of faith, nor do I see it in scripture, by the way, where it's always God's will to heal as well, because some of the most faithful people throughout history have, have, licked, have lived with some sort of physical ailment. And some of the most respected men of God that in our modern time that I've seen have dealt with a uh, great physical affliction yet they have been powerful men of God from what I've seen. Uh, so I hope that answers um, the question. Um, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're going to ask me to be succinct in my succinct in my answers, I'm probably not going to be that. I get a little bit wordy uh, in my play. Um, let's see. Uh, hard to ask questions when I know it all. All right. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, that's a good one, Richard. Yeah, hard to ask questions when I know it all. I know, right? Um, let's see. Uh, anything? Oh, Eric has a comment here. He says, uh, Job couldn't figure out why he was suffering, but he endured and had faith God would get him through his suffering. Yeah, absolutely. Suffering, by the way, is a normal part of Christianity. Right? I did a whole episode. Is suffering normal? So go check out that episode. You can look it up right here on, on YouTube, especially, uh, there's a little magnifying glass right on my channel. Search it up right there. Suffering. It should bring up the video. Um, what I did is suffering normal. And I laid out that for the Christian, suffering is actually normal and not the exception. Um, so history and the Bible completely uh, backs that up. 
Um, so come on, I love, I love, I love these. I love the first question already. I already love what I'm seeing in here. I say any question, any topic. Is there a such thing as women pastors? Should women be pastors? Um, I don't know. Um, marriage. What about divorce? What about I don't know abortion? Uh, heck, how does a Christian react in these times uh, the, as the midterm elections are coming up? I, I, I would call that Bible based. And oh, by the way, let me pause and say I did finish Dr. Brown's new book, uh, "The Political Seduction of the Church," and I did give it a five star rating on Amazon. Um, so if you haven't read that book, I would highly, 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 highly recommend it. Uh, let's see. Oh, Jake says you got some, oh, Brandon has some health issues. Don't forget. Ah, appreciate it. Well, appreciate Brandon. You did stay, you did pop in. I appreciate your support. I honestly do. Aha. Uh -huh. Oh, Eric Barlow. Here we go. Here we go. Should a Christian vote? Yes, absolutely. 100%. I don't think we should. I think that's one way of us being involved um, is by voting for those who closely hold to biblical values. Now, I'm not saying politicians are Christians or just because they hold to biblical values, they are Christians, but we should vote for those who most closely align with the Bible. That's one way of getting involved. And, and, and I'm glad you asked that question, and I'm glad I finished Dr. Brown's book yesterday in my four-hour wait at the doctor's office. No, I kid you not, four hours. Um, he brings up the point where many want to get involved in a civil war, right? They call and pick up, pick up arms, right? Against, against nation and so on. They don't even vote. You know what I'm saying? They don't have, they have zero involvement. They, they've never voted. Uh, they've never gone to the polls. They've never been involved in any ar arena, but yet they want to call for civil war to take up arms. You know, it's like going from zero to Mach 10, you know, in, in, in seconds, it, it doesn't work that way. Uh, so we should absolutely be involved as much as we can. Um, yeah, we should absolutely vote. Um, I, I like to say, too, uh, don't complain about the way things are going if you never even voted in the first place, regardless of the outcome of the elections of anywhere. Right. I, I don't think you should you have a right to complain when you're not involved in the first place. Right. You got no skin in the game. No point in it. So, yeah, absolutely. Positively. Absolutely. We need to be, that's one way we can be salt and light is to cast our vote. And yeah, and if you're wondering, is that biblical? Yeah, absolutely. Roman citizen voted. I guarantee Paul cast his vote. So as a Roman citizen. Okay, great questions so far. Um, let's see. Let's see what we got. I'm trying to go through the comments here. Uh, voting first time. And I can say that it's clear to me why so much ungodliness is rampant. Christian needs to vote. Yes, yes. And if you're wondering, uh, yeah, they they did early elections here in Texas starting yesterday. Uh, no, I guess, yeah, Monday. I'm sorry, starting Monday. And so me and my wife went and we cast our vote. And who we voted for is between us. So there you go. Uh, let's see what else. Come on, questions, 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 questions. Anything at all, you know, original sin. Uh, why was Eve tempted? How about that? Why, why, why did Satan specifically target Eve? Um, hey, you can even ask, well, how does that, does that still apply today? Does, uh, did, was there something redeemable from that or something like that? Anyway, um, let's see. God uses all kinds of different means to heal people. Yeah. And sometimes he doesn't heal people. Sometimes we don't receive 
just reading comments from the that's what I'm doing from the chat. Sometimes God never does. Sometimes we don't receive our full healing until we get to heaven. But the good news is at least there is hope in our full healing, either either on this side of eternity or the next side of eternity. Um, right now I'm living with incredible sciatica pain, for instance. I've dealt with lower back pain for many, many years. If God heals me, great. Oh, if he doesn't heal me, well, great. It's his will, and that's all I care about. All right, Eric. Eric with the question. Why did Eve add to God's command about the fruit of knowledge and good and evil? Well, while the Bible doesn't explicitly tell us so, I think we can infer. I think that we can infer that Adam did not teach her. Um, right? We, we know that God told Adam directly. And uh, I think I think there's a good case to be made where Adam did not properly um, pass on the instructions to Eve. Could he have misquoted? Maybe. Either way, either way, Adam failed to proper to properly teach Eve what God commanded him. Um, so that's why I believe that God that Eve did indeed add to what God had spoken, um, and because. Remember, um, sorry, Satan questioned her. He said, hey, did God really say? And then Eve, Eve adds the part about touching the tree. The only thing I can infer is what, what happens to many Christians today, right? Where, where they add or take away from the God of word. For instance, the Christians who say, well, who are you to judge? God says, don't judge, right? But they miss the entire rest of that passage that deals with judging hypocritically and they completely forget that, that, that Jesus himself then also said that we are to judge righteous judgment as well. Right. Things like that. It happens all the time today. And a lot of the time it happens with, with Christians who are not properly taught by their pastors because many pulpits are lacking pastors who use the word of God in any capacity. Anyway, so that's my that's my take on why Eve added to the word of God. Uh, oh, here, Brandon, again, sure. Let's see. Are babies and those who are incapable of understanding the gospel covered by Jesus' sacrifice? Um, yes, for babies. At least. At the very least, I can make a 100% case. Are babies and children who have not yet Re reached an age of accountability. In other words, they don't know wrong from right. They're just, their sin nature just propels them and they have no idea that it's wrong yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the book of Deuteronomy, in the book of Deuteronomy, um, God makes the case that children do not go to hell. Now, if you're saying incapable of understanding as in perhaps somebody who has, who is born uh, maybe with severe uh, autism. Um, so I'm saying severe because many autistic people are brilliant. Um, I believe God has mercy on those type of people. If, if they have no way of understanding the gospel. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolute, positively, literally because God is merciful. All right. And, and I don't think God is going to, condemn a person to hell when they lack the basic capability to 
even comprehend what the gospel is. Right. I've known I've known uh, people personally like that where their children, their child is uh, severely autistic. And I think at the time that I knew them, I think the child was eight years old or so. And he had, and he, for instance, he had never spoken a word. Um, if he speaks today, I don't know that for sure. Um, but that is from my personal interaction with people who have severe, severely autistic children. And God has got a mercy. You know, yeah, he's a judgment, but he's merciful at the same time. Um, so no, I don't, I don't believe, for instance, that he would send them to send them to hell um, at, at all. Um, all right, great questions, great questions, great questions. Hello, Harry Barry. Ah, ah, first time, first time. Welcome, welcome to the to, to the channel. Um, welcome to the channel. Great questions so far. I love doing this. Love doing this, right? And I can't remember the exact passage from Deut Deuteronomy. You'll have to excuse me on that one. Um, but it's a it's also a subject that Dr. Brown uh, addressed as well. Um, I believe I want to say it's either in the first or the nineteenth chapter of Deuteronomy. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Did I miss the answer? You asked the question, Richard. All right, let me scroll back up. Did you miss the answer to your question? Um, oh, there it is. I got it. You should have put a question mark. Put an exclamation mark, Richard. Or ex exclamation mark. Question mark next time. Anyway, yeah, views on the necessity of baptism. Okay, I don't believe in regenerative baptism, for one. I, I don't believe that water baptism plays any part in, regenerate, in, in uh, regenerating a person. Um, in other words taking them from death to life. I don't think there's a magical power in water baptism. Uh, let me also say that it is a necessity if you can get water baptized. We know that the thief on the cross never got water baptized, but Jesus said, hey, you're coming with me to heaven, pack your bags. Okay, Jesus didn't say it that way, but you know. Um, that for the Christian, in other words, Jesus commands water baptism, right? Jesus commands water baptism. So if we as a Christian are able to get water baptized and we do not, then we're living in disobedience to God. And if we're living in disobedience to God, then we got a problem. And so, yeah, it's absolutely needed because a Christian endeavors to obey God in the fullest. And if we do not, like I said, Houston, we got a problem. Um, but other than out, outside of that, um, I believe it's a beautiful sacrament, but I don't hold to anything of baptismal regen uh, regeneration because, quite frankly, I don't see it anywhere in Scripture. Um, but I also believe that it's absolutely necessary to get bat water baptized as fast as possible once somebody does come to salvation, right, like I said, if they can. So that is my view on the necessity of salvation all right exactly and eric eric brings up a great point he says uh we we are baptized because christ was baptized and we follow his example exactly remember in the bible you know jesus comes walking up to cousin john john was like whoa wait a minute what you, no you should be baptizing me and jesus was like uh, -uh no no cuz you gotta baptize me 
That's all going to be in the new Maguire translation coming out later this year. Yeah, okay. Maybe not. Anyway, I got to stay humorous. Um, dealing with pain and all that. So, great questions so far. Great questions so far. Love it, love it, love it. Um, yeah, any, anything. How about baptism of the Holy Spirit? Any questions with that one? What are my views on that? What do, what do, well, not my views, but what do I say the Bible says? That's what I should say. What do I say? What do... What does the Bible say? What do I think that the Bible says about baptism of the Holy Spirit? You know, uh, is it at the moment of salvation? Is it later on? Um, things like that. Um, anything at all? Someone just stated it wasn't necessary. Well, I don't know. I didn't see it. Um... Let's see. Necessary. Uh, okay. I don't know. Everybody has a right to their own opinion. Doesn't make it right, though. So, I, yeah, it's necessary. Anyway, by the way, that new McGuire translation will be coming out piecemeal, book by book. No, no I'm sorry. That's the Passion translation. Never mind. See? Humorous. Hey, maybe you guys got a question. What do I think of the Passion Translation? Is it biblical or not? Things about that. What are my views? Oh, here we go. Actually, let's see. So, so old Jake says, what are my views on celebrating Christmas Eve and day? I think also he might add Easter to that. But here's my view. All right, I did, a, I did an episode. No, I'm sorry. I did mention this in the last episode I did on, on Halloween. Christmas and Eve, Christmas Eve and Day, Easter Day, all celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. There are no pagan origins at all whatsoever to Christmas or Easter. Um, how shall I put this? Um, that, well, no, there's not even a loose connection. It's just not. It's just not there. Um, I actually looked this up, um, so I actually bothered to research this, and it's we celebrate Jesus. That's the only purpose of Christmas and Easter is to celebrate Jesus. So, yeah, we need to celebrate it. Absolutely. Um, now, let me pause and say, if you want to celebrate Passover, go ahead. By all means, praise the Lord for it. In fact, that's my preferable ho holiday to to uh, celebrate is, um, is on Passover versus Easter. But that all has to do with the Council of Nicaea and their decision to institute Easter. Um, as a very anti-Semitic thing, that's why they banned um, the Nicene Council in 325 AD, um, completely forbid the observance of Passover um, because it was because they considered it a Jewish-only holiday, and they wanted to make sure they kick all the Jews out of the church and just putting it like it is, and that's why Easter came about. So that's that's why that's the trouble I have with Easter. But as a, is it pagan? No, it's not. Is it wrong for Christians? No, it's not. But I also believe Christians should be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus on Passover. Um, so here we go. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Another question by Brandon. Let me pop it up here on the screen. I believe the baptism of the whole of the Spirit is that salvation. Do you? Absolutely, I do. Why? Because there's only one instance in Scripture where I don't see this, and that's when. That's in the book of Acts when they come across a group of disciples who were disciples of John and they had never even heard about 
uh, whole, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, why then you say, well, well, why weren't they? Because when 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 John was around, the Holy Spirit had yet to be poured out on the on all mankind. So they they could not receive the Holy Spirit, and then they were ignorant of, re, of receiving the Holy Spirit. And that's the only instance that I can recall in the New Testament where people were not um, did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. Everywhere else that I see people getting saved, they immediately receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, 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 are tongues the one evidence of baptism of the Holy Spirit? No. Um, but I suppose that's a different answer. But yeah, yeah, I see only at the moment of salvation. Now, can we get more? Yes. I mean, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14 about asking more, you know, coveting it. You know, he mentions, for instance, the gift of prophecy. So can we can we receive more gifts? Yeah, absolutely, because Scripture tells me to, or tells me to, tells me so that we can. Um, okay, another question, Harry. says, how should we believers deal with people who practice witchcraft? Like we deal with anybody else? Preach the gospel to them? Um, you know, hang out with them? Not hang out with them as they practice it, but the way we would with anybody else. There's, there's, there's no difference between them and any other sinner. I mean, I've... I've chatted up with Satanists, not only here online, but in person. Um, yeah, everybody's lost and everybody gets treated the same. You, everybody gets the gospel message. Every, everybody um, gets witness to everybody. We, we can have wonderful conversations with them. Um, let them ask questions. Um, challenge their belief system. Um, ho hopefully, some, some, some may take it right away. It may be uh, a, a long, drawn-out conversations like I've done. Uh, and, and had the privilege of being able to do with different people. I've atheists, Jehovah Witnesses, Roman Catholics, witches. Yeah, just like anybody else. There's no difference between a, those who practice witchcraft and any other person in need of Jesus Christ. Uh, great question, though. Really, really great, really, really great question. Um, scrolling down, scrolling down. Bunnies and eggs and Easter, yeah. Um, but bunnies don't eat chocolate eggs. Look, Nikki, the Cadbury commercial tells me that bunnies eat chocolate eggs. And everything I see on television is true, right? Humor. Humor. I, I, I got to say humor because this will get uploaded to audio podcasts later on. People may actually take me seriously. Hmm. Let's see. Ah, Richard. He says... What about there are some people that unknown tongues are gibberish? Oh, if they say it's gibberish, but Paul makes makes it clear. So let me let me see if I can if this will work for me. I'll bring this up on the screen. Ah, here we go. Hey, hallelujah, it's working. All right, let's go to First Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians, I believe it's in 14. See, this is correct. Aha. They're talking about spiritual gifts, tongues, and prophecy. Um, ah, here we go. Verse 2. For he who speaks in an unknown language, which you might say that as gibberish, perhaps, um, but it wouldn't be that crass. Uh, for he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but to God, 
for no one understands him, although in the spirit he speaks mysteries. It says right here, unknown tongue. Those who, what? Speak, for he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men but to God. So, hey, if, if, if people want to be so crass to say, ah, it's just gibberish. Well, point them right here to 1 Corinthians 14, uh, chapter 2. And then if they want to say, well, all that passed away at the conclusion of Scripture and all that, and ask them, are you sure? Because some people hold to the canon was closed at 70 or 90 AD, but the formalization of the canon as we have it today was not it was not formally codified into one volume in, until uh, Athanasius came around in the 4th century, by the way. And there are recordings of the early church fathers. Um, I think Arrhenius is one of them who fully talked about um, all, all these spiritual gifts. Um, so I know Arrhenius isn't the only one. And I'm not trying to hold up church, church fathers to back up a belief of mine. But I'm just saying... If the gift ceased at the closing of the canon, then why are the recordings at post-90 AD, which is most scholars hold to when Revelation was written, that these gifts were still continuing on? So, anyway. Uh, oops. Wrong, wrong button. Actually, let me just do this. There we go. So, let me go back up here. All righty then. Um, let's see. Ah, the meddling kid. How do you cope with the loss of a family member? How do I do that? Well, yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. I've lost family members. I've lost my dad. My dad isn't not around anymore. Um, how do I deal with that? I lean into Jesus. I lean on other people. I, 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 I realize that grieving is a normal process. I mean, Right, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Right, right. Why did he weep? Um, because because um, Lazarus had died, even though he knew he was going to raise him up. And grieving is normal. Uh, grieving is actually in the Bible. Um, a grief period is is actually laid out in the Old Testament, um, which I think is very good because nobody should be grieving for years and years. Um, but yeah, pray to God about it. I, hey, Job did. Job, Job, Job was like, God, why did you do this to me? I don't, I don't get it. This is, this is not right. Things like that. It's okay to say that to God. All right, God is not going to kick you to the curb because you're, you're, you're grieving and saying, I don't understand why this had to happen. I hurt so bad. Don't you know how much I love them? Don't you? Whatever, whatever words. All right, but, but we can take consolation if they were Christians. That we will see them a day. That 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 provides great hope to me. That provides great solace and great comfort to me. That that one day we will see uh, our saved loved ones again, once again. And if the loved one wasn't saved, then we should use that as our motivation to preach the gospel. Um, yeah, it's not always easy losing losing a loved one at all. Believe me. Um, great question though. Uh, scrolling through, make sure I'm not missing anything yet. Uh, canon, lousy article. Uh, da -da, just, um, oh, Nikki, why would you ask me about the Astros? 
winning this winning this year. That's 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 antithesis to me. I am a Boston Red Sox fan. I don't care about the Astros winning. Well, maybe I well yeah. I I can't root for them. I just can't. I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, born and bred. Uh, do type to weep, type to more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, harder to cope when they're not a believer. Absolutely, it hurts a lot. Yeah. Um, let's see. Mm, scrolling down, scrolling down. Where did the soul of Lazarus go when he was dead? <clears throat> Abraham's bosom. Um, because Old Testament saints, unless they were directly translated into heaven, like Enoch and Oh, I must got the name wrong for a second here. Uh, Enoch. And the name escapes me all of a sudden. Oh, my gosh. E Elijah. I think my wife yelled it out to me. Elijah, right, they all went to Abraham's bosom, um, and which was a place in, in hell, but separate from hell at the same time. So that's where, he, that's where the Bible says he would have gone is to. Nikki says, you're a Texan, but okay. I am not a Texan by birth. I'm a Texan by location, location, location. But I'm still a Boston Red Sox fan. I'm still a Boston Bruins fan. Born and bred. Born and bred. Born and bred. So, there we go. Great question so far. No, not for real. Except the one about the World Series and, 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 and the Astros. So, I'm not changing my allegiance to from the Red Sox. I've lived all over the world. I've lived in Colorado. I didn't I didn't become a Colorado Rockies fan or a Colorado Avalanche fan. I stayed a Boston fan. All right, I'm no trader. No trader. Anyway, the analog to Abraham's Eric saying that the analog to Abraham's bosom is like the Elysian fields in the Greek Hades. Yeah. Um note to self if you forget Bible names, ask your wife. That's right, Jake. That's right. You ever get married one day? If you ever forget, ask the wife. She knows all. She knows all. Remember that. I said, like I said, I gotta be in good humor today. Try to stay in good humor, anyways. So I'm waiting for more to come in. Don't forget, let me pop this up on the screen once more. All right. Tomorrow, free course on biblical mental health. So that should also provide a more in-depth answer than I than I can give here about how to deal with loss. There you go, or loss of a loved one, a family member. Don't forget, don't forget the website. All right, for all of you on watching here on YouTube, I was I had in case you're wondering why I wasn't on. I got a strike by YouTube, so I wasn't able to do anything for a week on YouTube. I was in the YouTube naughty corner. Go to the website right there, all right? I can live stream from there. Um, and when, and if it ever happens again, then you can go watch this. I can do a Q&A on my website because you can interact in the, in the chat from the website. So don't forget about the website. Okay. Um, ask Yes, yes. That's right, Eric. Er Eric says, ask your wife. If you're happy every day, she knows. It's a Jeff Allen joke. I love <sighs> yes, yes. She'll tell me if I'm happy or not.
Oh, here we go. Here's a question. Good. I love it. What do you consider course jesting? I consider it completely 1,000% inappropriate for any Christian. The Bible commands us, right, not to have anything profane, not coming from our mouth. No coarse joking. The Bible actually says the words, the exact words, coarse joking. It actually forbids. Let me bring it up here on your screen. Let's see if I can bring it up. Uh, if we can't find it on this translation, I'll have to take. Uh, I spell coarse. Is it? I can't think today. Okay, that's not going to work. Let's see. Help if I can spell right today. Course, it's uh, not going to work. Let me try scroll down here. Um, nope, can't find it. Anyway, let me, let, me, let me take this off the screen real quick. I'll look it up real quick. It's just the translation I'm searching. It doesn't always um, bring, up the pro bring up what I want to type in. So, let's see, course joking in the Bible. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Um, yeah, I know that, uh, James three, James calls it, um, ah, here we go. Paul writing in Ephesians chapter five warns against coarse jesting, um, verses three to four, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual, sexual immorality. Okay. Let's go to here. Um, let's read off the scripture properly. And, uh, here we go. It says, let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. And right before that, uh, so he says what is proper for the saints. So no, coarse joking, coarse jesting is not at all right for the Christian, period, the end. All right, our, our tongue should be used to edify, to glorify God, and to encourage, to rebuke if necessary, to correct if necessary, but all done in love. And coarse joking and coarse jesting is not done out of love. So great question. Great question. Uh, oh, on you all. Nikki says, thanks to David. I had enough faith to get off all my segments. Well, praise be to God. All right, I'm just a mouthpiece. So don't, don't thank, thank God. Don't, don't please don't thank me. I'm just, I'm just a, I'm just a vessel. That, that, that's it. That's it. That's it. So, um, okay, here we go. Eric says, when Christ said you must eat of my flesh, how do I interpret that? I interpret it exactly as, as, uh, as all Christendom, well, mm, as a Messianic Jew would interpret it, since Christianity was originally another sect of Judaism, right? When Jesus said to eat of my flesh, he didn't start picking off pieces of his flesh and handing it, you know, he didn't start carving chunks out of his arm or something and handing it to his disciples to eat, right? He, he, ended, he um, handed them bread. And exactly what it means, communion. All right. Same thing. Drink of, when he says to drink of my blood and to eat of my flesh, it's exactly, and there's only one context to that, and that is in the context of communion. So, or, or sitting at taking the Lord's Supper, which would be bread um, or crackers, as we do today, and wine or grape juice, um, as we do today. Um, and that's it. There's only one context for it. There's no other context for it. Um, um, let's see. Coming down. Coming, scrolling down. 
I think medications are appropriate when necessary. Um, okay. Are prisons unbiblical? No. I'm not sure why they would be considered unbiblical. I mean, the Bible talks about um, even killing when necessary. So killing by law enforcement officials or military members, for instance, as highlighted in Romans 13, yeah, it's biblical. I mean, without it, there would be anarchy. And God is not a God of anarchy. God, God is a God of law and order. But let's bring up one place here. Uh, Romans 13. They're often misaligned. All right. So rulers are not a terror to good um, works, but to evil works. Do you wish to have no fear of the authority? Do what is good and you have praise for him. For he's a servant of God for your good, but if you do what is evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is a servant of God and avenger to execute wrath upon him who practices evil. So are they unbiblical? Absolutely not. I don't know why somebody would consider um, prisons to be unbiblical. Maybe they don't like prison. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, so here we go. Let's see. Another question from the meddling kid. It says in Revelation, if you take away from the prophecy of the book, your name is erased from the book of life. Does this mean if you misrepresent the Bible, you go to hell? No. No, 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 no. Not all of us, because think about it. None of us have 100% perfect theology. None of us. We, we all misinterpret things. We, we all um, misrepresent things in the Bible at times. I mean, I can't. I would take it probably the rest of this Q&A session if I would go on the way my theology and doctrine has shifted and has been corrected. Um, my, my, it, was, it was corrected from, for instance, pre-trib to post-trib. Um, but I wasn't going to hell because I believed in the pre-trib. Um, I wasn't going to hell because at one point in time I thought women could be pastors. Now, from what I study in the Bible, women cannot be pastors, right? Or, 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 or other things that, that, Dear God, thank, thankfully he corrected me on, on other worse things that I believed and, and taught. But I wasn't going to hell for it. I mean, like I said, none of it. as long as we have the essentials, right? as long as we have orthodox beliefs, right? There's only one way to salvation, faith in Jesus alone, right? Not by works that any man should boast, um, that Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day. I mean, the entire Christian faith hangs on the fact of the resurrection. Uh, as long as we agree that, God is trying to nature, three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all, all God, co-equal, co-eternal, that Jesus is God, um, that Jesus is, in fact, returning one day, that he has not yet returned. Um, will the the core, so so basically those core elements, um, there might be a few more, but as long as we believe on those in those orthodox beliefs, there are secondary issues that may be important, none, but when we nobody's going to go to hell over, so if, no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that. I've, like I said, I myself have had been corrected a number of times, and I always tell people that when I get to heaven, however long, whenever that may be, five years, five hundred years, I'm going to get to heaven. I'm going to find out how much I did not know and how much I actually got wrong. Um, it's just just the nature of the beast where we see through it mirror dimly lit right and uh 
as Eric is in here, and I'll attest to that fact as well, that mirrors were not were once upon were once upon a time a polished sheet of metal. I believe uh, back in the time of the Romans was 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 bronze, and so you couldn't see very well in a mirror. So you couldn't understand when somebody was staring at them, unless somebody had painted their portrait. They actually had no idea how they really truly looked in fullness. Um, so, yeah, there, there's there's no there's no going to hell for getting things wrong as as long as it's not the orthodox beliefs that you get wrong. So if you don't believe, if you deny the deity of Jesus, yeah, you're going to hell. Um, if you deny the Trinity, yeah, you're going to hell. If you believe that it's salvation through faith in Christ alone, plus works or just works, you're going to hell. If you don't believe Christ was raised from the dead, if you don't believe, if you, if you're a full preterist and you think Christ came back in 70 AD, you're going to hell. Um, yeah. Things like that. Just, it, it is what it is. If you believe you can live in sin and you're still a Christian and yeah, what, but things like, but anyway, but there's so many, 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 many secondary tertiary issues that we can misrepresent and we're not going to go to hell over. Um, um, ah, it says, does unnatural lusts mean the lusts are demonic? Yeah. All lust is demonic. That's why it's called lust and not love. Right. If I, if I look upon another woman with lust in my heart, it's demonic, right? Why? Because she's not my wife, right? She's not the woman I'm, I'm married to, right? And that, that's included whether I'm married or I'm unmarried. It is it is ungodly, which means it's demonic. So the opposite of godly is demonic. If I, if I look upon another woman, it's unnatural. It's against the very nature of God, right? In fact, God said, he gave them over to their unnatural lust in the book of Romans. And it doesn't just mean um, homosexuality uh, or the desire to change genders, um, but it, but it, it covers all forms of any kind of sexual immorality. And of course, back in Roman times, boy, whew, those people were like, like, if they could do it, they did it. Didn't matter how evil it was. Um, so, yeah, um, I think that's the best explanation I can give on unnatural lusts based off. I think I think I know where you got that from. Like I said, I think it's you got that from Romans chapter one. So great questions. Wonderful, wonderful questions. Absolutely. Dig all of them. So, all right. Like I said, in case, just in case, I forget putting in the social media naughty corner ever again. All right. Don't forget. You can we can switch over to the website and do this, but you won't know that if you don't go to the website, and you don't know that, and you won't know that if you don't go to, to the website and you sign up to receive my mailing list. All right, because when I was banned from YouTube for a week, I sent that out in an email to everybody so they could so they would be updated. Right. So, so do you do you want to do Q and A's even if I get put in the you know. The naughty corner on social media, well, sign up to receive my newsletter and you'll know that because I'll keep you updated on that. And then you'll know if I'm going to do, say, for instance, have to do the Q&A from the website instead. So. Um, let's see. It says, Rob asks, 
do you date somebody without looking at them with attraction? Well, Rob, attraction is different from lust, right? I can think somebody isn't, isn't attractive, right? But I don't lust after them, meaning I don't want to go have sex with them, right? Oh, that is an attractive person, right? But when I say that, I'm not necessarily meaning I'm lusting after that person, right? doesn't mean I say, oh, no, now I want to have sex with them, right? That's lusting. It means I want to have some sort of sexual relations with that person. So attraction and lust are not the same thing. Could an attraction lead to lusting if we're not careful? But that's why we don't date just to date, right? We don't, we don't go around window shopping. We don't date like taste testing, right? We date to marry. We date with every intention, um, with, with every intention of looking for our future spouse. So we don't just go on date and date and date and date and date, right? I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe that, uh, that kind of dating is Christian at all, right? We should be, we should be, if we're, if we're, if we're going to date, then we do it with the sole intention of seeking our future spouse. But great question, nonetheless. I'm sure I'm sure other people have had that question, and it's a really great question, one that needs to be asked and needs to be addressed. So yeah. So remember that every question you ask may be a question somebody else has, and they may not be watching this live, but they'll be watching it later on or listening it by audio podcast. So by the way, if you don't know, restoring your voice is also everywhere you find audio podcast at Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, the whole nine yards. So if you ever miss a, miss a show or something like that, and you're like, well, well, you can listen to it where you're on the drive to work or the drive home from work. Um, so this will get uploaded uh, right after this, in fact. Um, yeah, not a problem. Not a problem answering the question. So, all right then. So I will be back here um, at 4.30 p.m. Central. So in about 40 minutes, I'll be back here. All right, we'll be talking about do Mormons and Christians um, believe in the same Jesus? And then we'll be talking about, uh, I'll be addressing anti-Semitism as well in that episode. So I will see you there. So I really do greatly appreciate everybody who watched. Don't forget to hit that like button. Don't forget to share. Thank you all for the wonderful, wonderful questions. Like I said, I do humbly thank you for that. And I'll be giving you some more updates as well um, at 4.30 p.m. Central. So be here in about 40 minutes and I'll see you then.